Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're sitting down with the one and only Dr. Ron Canoli. Ron is an international worship leader, singer, songwriter, and teacher with over 40 years of leading strong and influencing worship leaders all over the world. To date, his express mission remains steadfast, to create an environment for the manifest presence of our Heavenly Father. In this episode, Ron shares a wealth of knowledge, insights, and experiences related to worship ministry, worship music, and the important qualities that a worship leader should have. So lean in, leaders, and let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership today. We have the one and the only Dr. Ron Canoli on board with us on this Avail podcast episode. One of the greats in the worship music and worship leading world of Christian music. I am excited. Dr. Ron Canoli, how does it feel to be on the Avail podcast? Well, it feels wonderful. And I'm glad that you would, I feel honored that you would have me on the program. Thank you. Yes, sir. We, we at Avail, we love talking leadership. We love talking ministry uh, and we love helping and equipping all those Christian leaders out there from pastors to ministry leaders to worship leaders. We, we love spending time with leaders. So I'm excited to get in this, into this conversation. Um, uh, and, and, and for those, for the, I'm, I'm going to just mention it because there's, there's a young uh, world out there, Dr. Dr. Ron, that sometimes they're like, I've heard the name, <laughs> but Ron, could you just share maybe maybe a minute or two, a little bit about your trajectory uh, in the worship music world? And, and I know that, you know, when you came on the scene and started really making an impact, you know, mm-hmm. in the 80s and the 90s, man, it, it was awesome. Can you share a little bit about yourself? Well, sure. Um and I'll, I'll try to make it real fast because, you know, a little bit, <laughs> you ask me to put 10 pounds of sugar in a two pound bag. Yes, sir. So, so but anyway, uh, yeah, I, I grew up in the Middle East, uh, excuse me, in the Midwest, uh, in a Christian home. Uh, after I graduated from high school, I went to uh, California, hmm. went into the uh, military went into the Air Force during the Vietnam era. Uh, while I was in the military, while I was in the Air Force, uh, I sang with a, a, a top 40 kind of a band, and we did real well. Uh, when I got out of the Air Force, I decided to go to Los Angeles and try to be a, a, a singing star. <laughs> uh, I did all right. I had several really good contracts with A&M, Warners, uh, United Artists. Uh, but the the lifestyle uh, that I was living didn't fit into the standards and behavior that I had been taught that I grew up with. Hmm. And so after the best part of 10 years, I rededicated my life to Christ wow. and uh, went to Oakland, California, uh, began a new chapter mm. in in my life and uh uh i i became a worship leader by default nobody knew where the worship leader was back in those days neither did <laughs> i 
<laughs> but but uh, I, I just I, when I rededicated my life, I started writing. Uh, my mother gave me a a Bible, a new Bible, and mm-hmm. I started writing songs, just writing courses right out of the Bible. And back in those days, back in the back in the in the late seventies, there was no such genre as praise and worship. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, and so nobody knew how to categorize me. Even when I, nobody knew how to categorize me, and and uh, they wouldn't let me sing the kind of music that I was writing in my church. <laughs> okay, and so I have a brother. One of my brothers uh, got into some trouble up in Seattle, Washington, and went to prison. He went to Washington State Penitentiary. Hmm. He told the chaplain. Hey, my brother could sing. He's coming to visit me. Okay, now keep in mind, we grew up together, and he, we both kind of went astray. Mm-hmm. But when he got in trouble and went to prison, he rededicated his life, started going back to the chapel. I said, he told me to, the, that the chaplain wanted me to sing when I came up there. I went up there, and like I say, by default, I became a worship leader. Wow. Because I started singing these courses that I had written. And a, there was about 50 guys in the chapel service. And pastor, right before my eyes, I began to see these guys break down and cry wow. and repent and rededicate their lives. And I said, Father, I have no idea what you are doing. But if you can, if you'll let me keep doing this, I will. Wow. And... I said, if you open the door for me, I'll go through it. And that's what he did. He opened the door of a prison. I went through it, and I discovered the gift that he had placed in me. That chaplain told other chaplains and full gospel businessmen, and and they went on and on and on like that. I was in obscurity for eight years, singing my songs. And wow. wherever the door would open, I would I would go and I would sing, making no money. It, most of the time, it costs me to do it. Right. Okay. Right. But but that's that was the gift that was in me, and I was determined to use it. And I prayed. I said, Father, I'll open any door that you go through. And that's about the only thing that I can boast about is that I went through the door that he opened. Come on. And then in, uh, in uh, uh, 1985, Full Gospel Businessmen, had invited uh, Lester Summerall, Evangelist Lester Summerall, mm-hmm. to, to speak at a full gospel businessman meeting. And they asked me to sing for him, or, you know, kind of uh, Open the up. opening act, let mm-hmm. me put it like that. They asked me to be the soloist for the, for the, for the meeting. And at that meeting, there was uh, two people. There was uh, Dr. Dick Burnell, who was a pastor of Jubilee Church in San Jose, California. And then there was an evangelist there named Mario Marillo. And they both heard me sing. Hmm. And Pastor Dick invited me to come to his church on a Sunday night. And Mario Marillo was there that night as well. Hmm. And Hmm. so I sang. And while I was singing the first song, the pastor's wife told the pastor, said, hire him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and, and uh, I began uh, leading worship for Mario Murillo as he did his crusades. I would do music. I was a worship pastor 
at Jubilee Christian Center. After five years, the church grew from 500, from 500 to 5,000. Wow. Uh, Don Moen from Integrity Music. Uh, well, let me put it like this. Reba Rambo and Phil Driscoll mm-hmm. and Johnny Grind told Don Moen, you got to go out to California to that Jubilee Church because we were doing songs that I wrote mm-hmm. and, and and also some of the other team members because I, I, I encouraged them to write as well. Mm-hmm. And we put a band together that was, was big. We had, I put, that was like, horns and strings and this was <laughs> in our church and i mean and it had the same energy as the music that i was doing in the secular world uh-huh. okay because that's what my pastor liked you know <laughs> i asked him who was his favorite when he hired me i asked him well who's your favorite singer i thought he was going to say somebody like andre crouch or dallas holmes or something like that uh-huh. He said, Boss Skaggs. So, <laughs> so I knew what he wanted. And so anyway, uh, I went to Mobile, Alabama. I met the staff there at Integrity Music. The rest is history. Yeah. That's awesome. I love hearing the story uh, and I love for our, our available audience to hear the story because this is where this is where God's your your God journey not only began, but just raised up to where he want what he wanted to do in your life. Now, exactly. now let's fast forward. We fast forward now, 2023, we are sitting here nearly 40 years of, uh, of just leading worship and writing worship songs and um, training up and developing worship leaders. Can you tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about your current ministry and what you're doing now? Uh, primarily that my ministry is how can I say threefold? Okay. Oh, okay. Let me let me put it threefold, but it's 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 three in one. Let me put it like that. Mm-hmm. It's three in one. Um, I I teach now as much as I sing. Uh, I'm on the faculty of two different universities at Kingdom Life University in Tampa, Florida, mm-hmm. and at Christian Life School of Theology uh, in uh, Augusta, Georgia. And um, uh, and I still travel. I put together a mentoring program for pastors, uh, musicians, worship leaders, choir directors, anybody who's involved in the music ministry of the church or the congregation or parachurch organization. Mm-hmm. Okay. The reason being is because, uh, in my own opinion, uh, there has not been enough foundational teaching. Sure. about the responsibility that pastors, worship leaders, and musicians have uh, uh, in the ministry, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, too often, the music of today, uh, and, and, and I don't mean this to sound derogatory or anything, mm-hmm. but I, I, sense, I sense that there is a a worship of worship mm-hmm. as opposed to worshiping the king. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I don't, I, I want people to know that I'm not being uh, uh, condescending, not at all, because I realized at one point that was what I was doing. Sure. I was worshiping what I did. I was worshiping my calling more than I was worshiping hmm. the Savior. And 
And as a result of that, I discovered the difference between being a song leader and a worship leader. Mm-hmm. And there's a great difference. Okay. Yeah. Uh, first of all, let me say this. And, uh, and maybe you'll understand this as a pastor who has been a worship leader. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, the pastor of the church is the worship leader, period. Okay. <laughs> Ultimately. Because God holds the pastor responsible for the level of worship that goes on in that congregation. God mm-hmm. puts a pastor in that place to worship him. Okay. And that, and worship is not a, just a good idea. It's not a praise and worship is, 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 is not a suggestion. Mm-hmm. It's a command. And with Psalms 150, verse 6, King David said, Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Okay, kings don't give. Now, here in America, we've never had a king. So we don't understand the concept of royalty and kingship and monarchy. Mm-hmm. We, don't under- we don't totally understand that concept. But kings don't give su- com- uh, uh, suggestions or good ideas. Mm-hmm. Kings give commands. And when he says, Let everything, let Everything that has breath, praise the Lord. He means that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And that's a mandate for the body of Christ. Praise and worship. With every account of a heavenly experience as praise and worship around the throne of God. And when Jesus taught us how to pray, and and when Jesus taught us how to pray uh, in Matthew chapter 6, he said, and when you pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on Amen. earth as it is in heaven. With every account of the heavenly experience, there's praise and worship around the throne of God. See? And it doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. It doesn't stop. It's nonstop. So we have to understand that there's a priority. And that praise and worship mm-hmm. is the priority. He didn't even say, let everything that has breath pray. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because so many of us don't know how to pray. That's why Jesus taught us. He said, when you pray. Yep. <laughs> but he says, everything must worship. Mm-hmm. He said, when you pray, pray like this, our Father, you know. Yeah. So anyway, that is the thrust of my ministry today. It is teaching praise and worship. I Demonstrate, demonstrating mm-hmm. a proper balance between worship and the word. And the third thing is bringing people to an understanding of a proper concept of kingship, because our Savior is a king. And especially here in America, we were born, this country was born out of rebellion to a king. Mm-hmm. So there's a rebellious spirit here that exists. In America, and when we call Jesus King, we don't always, we don't always act like a king. We don't always treat him like a king mm-hmm. because we've never been taught. We don't know how. We don't know what the proper protocol, the proper etiquette is, mm-hmm. etiquette is in the presence of royalty. We don't know what the proper etiquette is in the in the manifest presence of God. Yeah, so I teach on that. Yeah, that's good. I love that. I, it seems like it seems like you're you you have a shepherd's heart and you have a teacher's heart for the next generation. Speaking of that, what excites you now? Now I know there's challenges when we look ahead and see that this the young and up and coming generation. 
What excites you about the up and coming generation regarding worship leaders and and people with a calling to be worshipers? And what excites me? Uh, that that's a hard answer. Okay, that that's a hard answer. It uh, I I am excited that people are trying. Uh huh. Okay. Mm hmm. But in that excitement, there's a measure of disappointment mm -hmm. uh, because um, so many young people have no idea what they're doing. I didn't have mm -hmm. an idea of what I do, was doing. And when mm -hmm. I realized that, I went back to school and I got a doctorate degree both in music and in in sacred music, and I got a PhD in religious studies because mm -hmm. I really wanted to make sure that I had a balance that between you know the, the between worship and the word, the word. and mm -hmm. how I presented myself before the Father. See, yeah, all these yeah. things are important. so excitement. I'm excited to see so many young people excited about. Worshiping mm -hmm. God, see that's yeah. one of the things that brings a lot of people into the into the church. Okay, it it really is. Uh, you know, uh, my pastor Dick Brunell, uh, the the church was in uh, Silicon Valley. Okay, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where I was a music pastor for fifteen years. Uh, the church was in Silicon Valley, and this was what he was real uh, adamant about. He said, Ron, these people, most of them are millionaires or highly affluent in Silicon Valley. Okay? Mm -hmm. They've already made a lot of money, and they're making more in the future. Okay? He kind of put it like that. Mm -hmm. And he said this, they have the most sophisticated sound equipment in their homes and in their cars. And when they drive up here for church on Sunday morning, I want the same standard that they have in their cars and in their homes and, and in their, uh, uh, the, 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 back then we didn't have cell phones back then, <laughs> but, but, but on their, on their music players, you mm -hmm. know, and we had, uh, uh, cassettes and things, you know. He uh -huh. said, "I want that same quality, and I want that that same uh, energy in the music that we do." And uh, so that was a focus, and that made a difference. And uh, I, I believe, I sincerely believe, that's one of the reasons why uh, the Integrity Music came out to California to hear mm -hmm. what we do. Don Moran sat through the, we, we were doing three services a week. I'm going to tell you this, Pastor. We were growing so fast, growing so fast, <laughs> uh, from, from 1985 to 1990. In 1985, we were 500 people. Hmm. And in 1990, we were 5,000 people. Wow. And everything that we did, God blessed. I mean, wow. and of course... 
pastor, my pastor is like, he preached like he was an, uh, a late night talk show host. You know what I mean? He, he was, he was funny, but he was able to always able to, uh, put flesh and bones on yep. the biblical characters. See? Yeah. And, and between the music that, that the, that our ministry with our music, the team was doing and his, his teaching, uh, we had a powerful, powerful combination. And, um, uh, I think I missed, I got away from the point that I was trying to make, but make, but, but the bottom line is people are drawn to good music. Of course. You never, and you've heard this before. You never get a chance to make, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Mm -hmm. And when the, when people would walk through the doors, our band would be cooking. <laughs> I mean, it would be on fire, you yes. know, and and people love that. Okay, I mean, just think, God likes music the same way we like it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Music is mentioned in the Bible over eight hundred times, eight hundred thirty-nine times to be exact. Mm -hmm. So God loves music just as much as we do, and He loves rhythm just as much as we do. In fact, when he blew a breath, when he blew breath into Adam, guess what his heart did? <laughs> you I know like that? You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He put a beat to it, put a heart beat. And, you know, we can never underestimate the, 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 the power of music, whether it's good or bad. We can yeah. never underestimate the power and the influence that it has on people's lives. Mm -hmm. so, so these things are important. These things are very, very important. It, it's exciting, as uh, you was mentioned, or you asked me just a moment ago, what's mm -hmm. exciting? I, 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 I'm excited about the, uh, the growth, the explosion mm -hmm. of praise and worship. But I am concerned about uh, the way that it's being done, or the way I'm concerned about what a lot of people are put, putting, presenting yeah. before God an offering. I'm yeah. concerned about. Yeah, I understand that. I think that's great. You know, now that you're saying that concern, I have a question. And then after this question, I want to talk a little, kind of a little bit about what you're seeing in the music and in worship now. But but based on mm -hmm. what you just mentioned. Um, from your experience, from what from what the Lord has, you know, has taught you, and what you've you've seen, uh, you know, throughout your years in leading in ministry and worship, mm -hmm. if you were if you were a lead pastor today, looking for a worship leader, what are some of the characteristics you would look for in in a worship leader for a church today? Uh, <laughs> the very first thing. First thing, above all, you gotta have a, a leader that loves people, mm -hmm. and he has to demonstrate his love. Okay, love is an action word; it's it's a verb. I mean, he has to be able to show people love. Mm -hmm. Okay, and because everything, 
everything in in true ministry is built upon love. Mm-hmm. Jesus said to Peter, said, do you love me? Peter said, yeah, you know I love you. He said, Peter, do you love me? He said, come on, Jesus, you know I love you. Ask him a third time, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Jesus said, well, feed my people. See? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and what do you feed them? Okay. You feed them the spirit of Christ. See? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you have, we have to show the same love to others that God has shown to us. We've got to demonstrate generosity. We've got to, we've got to demonstrate compassion. Mm-hmm. We, 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 we have to demonstrate acceptance and forgiveness. We have to demonstrate these things. Mm-hmm. Okay? And everything that we do, if, if love is the foundation, if love is the foundation, then everything grows from that. Mm-hmm. Okay, everything, and that's that's what the leaders have to have, in my opinion. That's what leaders have to have. See, everything rises and falls on leadership, and leadership leaders have mm-hmm. to love. So, so for pastors out there who are who they're on they're they're seeking and they're saying. Dr. Ron, help us help us out. What are some of the things we're looking at? I'm hearing from you. Number one, love. There's got to be love. It's got to be a leader who loves. What else? What else? What's another trait or characteristic for for a worship leader? Be, be approachable. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm saying things that they have nothing to do with music. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but but you see. Uh, uh, Character is the is the next thing. Good. See, and 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 in inside of character is being approachable to people, hearing their heart, mm-hmm. understanding their concerns, or contributing to 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 uh, their advancement. You, you see. Yeah. You see, and uh, you've got to give love the same way that God gives love to you. See, mm-hmm. and when you show people that you care about them, I I, I believe it's uh uh how, how can, I'm trying to trying to quote from John Maxwell, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's right or not, but I'm gonna say it anyway uh-huh. because it, it it's good. Uh, people don't care how much you know until they, they, they're not care how much you know they want to know how much you care that's it chaos many are opposed to it but the best of leaders realize that this is one of their most powerful leadership tools introducing leadership expert and renowned author sam chan's newest book how leaders create chaos and why they should In this groundbreaking new book, Sam Chan shares decades of his leadership wisdom with readers and equips them with a new understanding of why the best leaders create chaos. 
discover powerful leadership strategies, and uncover practical insights that will revolutionize the way you lead and think. From organizational best practices to how to build up the perfect team, this book will empower you in every area of your leadership. Invest in yourself and dive into Sam Chan's newest book by visiting samchandchaosbook.com. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. So I'm hearing love. A worship leader has got to have love, love for God, love for people. A worship leader has to have character. And part of that character is, is being approachable and caring, you know, and, 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 and being with the people. Yeah. Would you add one more to that list? One more characteristic for, for a pastor who's looking for a worship leader? What characteristic, what other quality should be there? Okay, creativity. All right. creativity okay now now you've got two kinds of worship leaders or you've got two kinds of kind of uh song leaders let me mm-hmm. put it like one is a song leader one is a worship leader mm-hmm. song leaders like this okay song leaders when you have for instance now i don't know uh, much about your church and i but if there is no spontaneity in your church, then you have shut off the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to engage. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the most important thing that we need to know as worship leaders and as pastors is as worship leaders, we need to create an environment for God to manifest his presence in our midst. Mm-hmm. And how does he manifest his presence? Through an inspired word from heaven, you know. Have you? Ever, well, you know yourself. Yeah. You know, you you study all week to preach one thing, and then you step in the pulpit, and God says, "Preach this." <laughs> okay. You know, and you're right there on the spot, and you got to make a decision. I've been studying on this all week long. Yeah. And then God is saying, "No, say this this morning." Why? Because somebody needs this word. Hmm. Say. And that's what, and that's that's one of the things that music does. It inspires you to, you know, one of one of the prophets. I'm trying to remember which one it was, and I'm, I apologize because uh, <laughs> I got a I've got a brain freeze right now. But I think it was Elijah. Uh, they, they wanted they wanted a word. They wanted him to give a word, and he said, "Call a minstrel. Bring me a minstrel." Are you familiar with that scripture? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And the minister began to pray, and the word of God came to the to the prophet. Mm-hmm. You see, and that happens a whole lot of times. That happens so many times when I would be leading worship, and Pastor Dick would come up, and and man, he just he oh. you know he would just abandon the the you know the sermon that he pre- prepared for all week long. Uh, I, I used to lead worship for Jesse Duplantis, you know, and you know who he is? Yes, sir. You know, Jesse Duplantis? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, he, he is so funny and he gets people going and, <laughs> and it's been several times when I would lead worship for him and the energy and the presence of the Holy Spirit would be there. Hmm. And when he came up, he wouldn't even preach. He would do an altar call immediately after we got through uh, ministering, you know. And while we were, you know, while when he came up, he began to minister to people, hmm. pray for people, lay hands on people, you know. 
he'd have us there to just <clears throat> sing the right song, follow the spirit. Yeah. And that's the difference between a worship leader and a song leader. A song leader is going to play every song that's on that list that you prepared for all week sure. long. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, but a worship leader is going to do the first two songs. And all of a sudden the Lord is going to say, I'm healing somebody over here. So yeah. stay right here on this song. Sing it again. Just mm-hmm. sing the chorus over and over again. You know, yeah. That is move. That is that is worship leading when you can be led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. I'm hearing there a, a sensitivity to follow the lead, the lead and the move of the Spirit. That is a great quality for a worship leader. Um, I, I wanna, I wanna segue a little bit here. Um, you know, every every couple of years, every decade, if you will, there are kind of adjustments or shifts that happen in Christian music, in worship music. In recent years, a lot of new worship songs have have been coming out of large, influential churches. You know, um, versus maybe in the past, maybe dedicated music labels. Um, what are your thoughts on on that, and and kind of where worship is coming from? Uh... I think more pastors are coming into the reality that that their music has to be good. It has to be creative. Uh, it has to be inspiring. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, because many times a song will say more than the, than a sermon. Right. And 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 worship leaders need to. That's another thing too. Worship leaders need to know how to write songs out of the pastor's sermons. Many of the songs that I wrote and recorded were right out of my pastor's sermons. Wow. See, everybody else would be taking notes, but the Holy Spirit would be giving me songs. (laughs) And several times, right at the end, you know, before the service was over, I had a song on that particular word. And let me show you how that's important. You see, because the pastor, you know, your pastor, you can yes, only preach that sermon one time a year. Right. But but if we put that sermon in a song, mm-hmm. people can live that sermon for the rest <laughs> of their life. I like that. <laughs> See, that is the beauty and the power of the word. Mm-hmm. When you create a, a proper balance between the, the music and the word. Oh, okay then you got a recipe for a revival. Yeah. Because God, Isaiah said, my word will not return void. It will accomplish mm-hmm. what I purpose for it to accomplish. So when you put that spoken word in the song, say, mm-hmm. and, and, and that song, uh, well, any, 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 uh, any educator will tell you how, you know, repetition. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh Yeah. Is 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 what gets through to people? Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Even even when you look at right. you can say it better than I. Can. No, you no, yeah, I, I totally get it. I totally get it, Doctor <laughs> Canoli. Because I think even when you look in the Old Testament, the people of Israel, they, they, you know, they were instructed by God to remember these things, and they would sing songs yeah. so as to remember. And there's something powerful about that. Um, uh, I have a question that that maybe some pastors and some leaders out there 
could benefit from, from some of your thoughts and your wisdom. Um, sometimes there, there are churches who might be facing budget limitations, or maybe they're newer churches and they don't have maybe as big of budgets. Um, and that brings challenges to staffing. That brings other challenges, um, which I think are evident. What are some ways from your perspective and your experience that church leaders can still prioritize worship, even if there's limited resources at a certain point, or if they're trying to build up any thoughts on that? Yeah, it's all about, it's, it's all about, um, your, your priorities. Okay. See, Jesus said in Matthew six thirty three, said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Uh-huh. All the other things will be added to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. When a pastor is trying to put a music team together, uh, he needs to, in some way, compensate those people who he's going to depend on for music. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. He's going mm-hmm. to compensate. Okay. And that's scriptural. That's very, mm-hmm. very scriptural. When David in, in, in Second Chronicles chapter 16, when David said, uh, established the tabernacle of David. You know, that the musicians and the singers in the tabernacle, they that was their job. Mm-hmm. That's what they did. Mm-hmm. That's what they did. And music was continual. You know, that's why Amos said in Amos chapter 9, Amos, Amos said, hey, listen, you know, that God is restoring the tabernacle of David. Okay, in David's tabernacle, there was continual music. And the people who were making the music, that was their living. Yeah. That, that was what, that was their living. Now, if you got a small budget, okay, uh, you, uh, if you live, <laughs> if, you, if you're going to preach living by faith, then you know <laughs> you've got to live by faith. Okay. <laughs> Believe God for what you want, and He'll bring the right people. Yeah, believe God. But but if if uh, you know if, if you want a garage band, you know sure. if, 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 if when you hire somebody that knows what they're doing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who loves people and is willing to help people grow. Yeah. You know, when you find that's, that's what keep in mind. See, that is, that is one of the things that's most important is the character of the person that you put yeah. in front of your music team. Yeah. See, first of all, he's got to love the people. Yeah. Okay. Next, he's got to be available to them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Be available to them. And, and, and then that's, that's when they can trust him. If he's and when he when he says, "Listen, okay, you need to go home and you need to learn more than three chords on your guitar." <laughs> okay. Yeah. And and leadership will say that, and then uh, encourage that person to do that. See. Yeah. Leadership will discipline when that's necessary. Yeah. See. But the bottom line, when you when your when your when your team is together and functioning properly under proper leadership, okay, then that they will attract good musicians. That's right. I've seen that. Yeah. 
uh, how's that saying goes? Iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Guys, yeah. Good guys. Good musicians want to play with other good musicians. <laughs> you know. Yes, sir. Because they, they because they, you know, the, the the more you learn, the more you practice on your instrument, you know, you develop a quality standard. Yeah, yeah. You know. And when you have that standard, other musicians, other great musicians, singers and musicians are attracted to that. <clears throat> yeah. You know, you said something, Dr. Canoli, that caught my attention um, about faith. And, and I'll just give you a quick little, a little story, mm-hmm. a little anecdote. When my, when my father first planted our church, there was no res- there wasn't any resources. It was whoever, whoever could help. And, and obviously as his son, mm-hmm. I was young. A teenager, I was learning to play guitar. Um, I was, I was, I was there, and I said, I said, Lord, use me. And I started to develop my talents. There wasn't a lot, and I remember my dad said, "Man, it would be great if we had somebody that could play drums and that could play bass." We didn't, and so by faith, he bought a bass guitar. We had a drum set. He bought a bass guitar, put it up on stage, and two, two weeks later, gentleman walks yeah. in and said. Who plays that bass? And we said, we're praying for God to send somebody. And he said, I play bass. And then the bass player came, then the drummer came. And I remember the Lord just began to build it. But it started with some people with faith and being being good stewards of the talent and the character and the love. And then it it built up. And then we had a strong worship team. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Amen. God is serious about this. If you 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 get serious about it, he'll... he'll (laughs) You know, he he will do. There's no good thing that he will withhold from those who walk upright before him. Amen, amen, amen. I have a question. I have a question for you, Ron. Here's my question, and it's okay if if you're in the ballpark. How many songs have you written in your career? (laughs) My wife and I stopped counting at fifteen hundred. Oh my goodness! (laughs) Wow. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Got it. So you guys stopped counting at 1500. <laughs> How many of those did you record? Oh, probably I, I've never even counted them, but wow. it's probably in the neighborhood of a hundred, 150. Okay. And here's my, here's my next question right now. And I'm not going to make it hard. I'm not going to say one. What would you say mm-hmm. are three of those top songs that just your heart? Oh, those are the ones that touched you, that impacted lives, and that you're like, oh, I know there's more, and I'm not going to make it hard and saying just one, but what are maybe three of those songs that were just, man, those mm-hmm. captured my heart. God used them. Uh, well, I'll, I'll do three that you're familiar with because <laughs> the, ones, the ones that, some of the ones that are, so important to me are not popular, uh-huh. you, you know. But let me put it like the the ones that make impact. My pastor was preaching on giving, and uh, while he was teaching, I was writing, <laughs> "Give, and it will come back to you." Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. That's one. <laughs> uh, we were preparing for Easter celebration and 
I came home from church on a Sunday afternoon and and I was just sitting at the piano and and I I just started playing and opened my mouth and the words just came out. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive. Death has lost its victory and the grave has been denied. <laughs> Jesus is forever. He's alive. He's alive. That one. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> Pastor was teaching a series on um, uh, tearing down strongholds. Okay. Mm-hmm. And in, um, help me, Father, in Second Kings chapter 17, you know, uh, when jo- Josiah discovered his name in the in the books, mm-hmm. in the prophetic books that had been written, and he, and and uh, and he sent the men to go up to the high places up until the, and tear down the altars mm-hmm. of the of the the false gods. Yeah, and we were in Reno, Nevada, and my pastor was preaching, and that's the first time I heard that sermon. Because he had written a book on, you know, on tearing down strongholds, and uh-huh. and he preached that sermon that afternoon at the hotel. I uh, went back to the room, took my guitar, and I just started going up to the high places, <laughs> going up to the high places, <laughs> going up to the high places. To tear the devil's kingdom down, <laughs> you know. See, these are things. Now, now, now. We we'll see the, the songs that had never been recorded. Well, here's one that has been recorded, but it's like my testimony. Uh-huh. I testify today of your goodness to me, Lord. I testify today, you've been faithful to your word, for you've been so very good to me. I'm yours exclusively. (laughs) That's why I testify today. See? Beautiful. Yeah. 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 You know, people don't know. I think people don't always know that sometimes the most well-known songs aren't necessarily the ones closest to the heart of the songwriter, Uh, although they're beautiful. They're all wonderful, but there's some beautiful moments in the Lord. uh, And there's no describing that as a songwriter, as a, as a worship leader, what a, what a beautiful thing. What a, and I've, you know, I've had the privilege and the blessing of writing some songs more on the Spanish side of things and, and for Latin America. Mm-hmm. And there's something so beautiful when you realize God ministers to you, but then that turns into ministry and it, yeah. and it, and it impacts other people. I, I know for me going to other countries and, and, you know, doing concert worship concerts and mm-hmm. then hearing people singing the songs that God inspired of me, what a what a feeling that is! Can you can you just yeah. maybe share a few thoughts about that feeling? The 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 wonderful feeling of hearing others 
worship God with what he inspired you with. Oh yeah. That, well, that, that, <laughs> that uh, it does two things to me. <laughs> well, the first thing it does, it humbles me. Yeah. Because I see the evidence of his presence in me touching other people, mm. you, you know? Yep. And the, the next thing it does, um, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to look for the, for the right word. Mm-hmm. It, it, it helps me to realize, uh, that his presence is in me. I'm not yeah. alone. I'm not by myself when I stand up there, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's, I, well, I, I can't speak for other people, mm-hmm. but it just blows my mind that God would use me after <laughs> all I've been through, man. Unbelievable. His mercy, all his grace. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever imagine, did you ever imagine you would get to the places you got and lead with the people you led with and have the honor and privilege of working with so many amazing worshipers and worship musicians. Did you ever imagine that? Pastor, um, when I was saying in the secular world and the direction that I was going, I mm-hmm. thought to myself, I don't think I'm going to live to see 35. Wow. And then I rededicated wow. my life. And then God began to use me. Hmm. And, you know, I, I, I didn't, there are things that I didn't, I didn't ask for. I didn't pray for. I didn't even imagine. Wow. The only thing I wanted him to do was just use me. Hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's the only just, just, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm like that guy on the bench. That's telling the coach, you know, <laughs> put me in the game, coach. I'll I'll pass the ball. I'll go steal it. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Just put me in the game. I don't care if I'm not a star. I just want to be, I just want to, you know, I just want to be where you're doing something. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be where 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 he's doing something. And uh <clears throat> I only had two dreams. And he's allowed me to live both of those dreams. Hmm. When I was in the eighth grade, you know, my father was a military man and he traveled to a lot of different places in the world. He was in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. And 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 when he'd come home on leave, uh, he would bring my brothers and I, he would bring us souvenirs and things and mm-hmm. tell us stories about where he went and, you know, things that he had seen and things that he had done. And in my eighth grade geography class, there was a big map on the wall. It covered the whole wall. And I would look at that map and daydream about going to places. And at that time, there was 186 countries in the world. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I memorized every country and its capital. Wow. And all I wanted to do it, you know, my, my only dream 
was to travel and sing. Hmm. I didn't ask to, I didn't ask for wealth. I didn't ask for fame. I didn't ask for, you know, a whole lot of stuff. Father, I just want to go and represent your kingdom. Wow. And that's, that's what he has done. That's what he has done. A hundred and mm-hmm. 122 countries now wow. on every continent except Antarctica on every major. Well, there's a couple of places that I have not been that I'm looking forward to going. <laughs> I just got to wait till the political scene is right, but I haven't been to <laughs> Russia yet. <laughs> sure. You know, sure. But I've been invited. I've done, I, I do seminars online with Russian churches, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I haven't been there, but I've been beautiful every major area of the world. Yeah. Been all I love around that. Russia. Yeah. I love that. Uh, um, before we close off, uh, and I'm going to ask, uh, you know, where people can, can lean in and connect with you and learn more about your ministry now. But before mm-hmm. we do that, one one final thought. I just felt the Holy Spirit just put this on my heart to ask you. But what would you say to someone who's listening who might think, God can't use me. I've made too many mistakes. I've, I've, uh, I've, I've done too many bad things. I've been in the wrong places. God can't use me, especially maybe some, a musician or somebody with that has natural giftings and abilities, but has been kind of in the world and kind of on the wrong track. What would you say to somebody in that position? I had two things. Okay. And neither one of them is original. I've heard somebody else say them and I experienced it to be sure. true. Sure. Okay. One is, uh, I heard Dr. Kenneth Hagan say, whatever you give to God, he will take. And whatever he will take, he will cleanse. And whatever he will cleanse, he will use. Hmm. So regardless of what level you are in your gift, give it to God. Hmm. He will take it. He will cleanse it, anoint it, and use it. It's good. The next thing is something that Pastor Tommy Barnett said. Uh, I heard him say in, in, in a teaching once. And you know who Tommy Barnett is? Yes, sir. California Dream Center. Yeah, uh-huh. That's his son Matthew, but yeah, yeah, they, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That was him. But um, you know, uh God told him, said, if you go to the people that nobody nobody wants, hmm. I'll give you the people that everybody wants. <laughs> and uh and I, I'm, I'm just saying that I'm, I'm going to say some things to you. And it's not to boast. It's just an illustration of what God has done. Yes, sir. Oh, okay. Uh, for 17 years, I was uh, a spokesperson for the World Vision Organization. Beautiful. Uh, not because I got a whole lot of money from it, but simply because I felt like it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And my wife and I, we sponsored uh, seven children ourselves from from childhood to adulthood in different parts Beautiful. of the world. And 
in, in Uganda, in Ghana, in Brazil, in India. And then uh, I got a call from President Biden's administration. And they, they gave me the highest award a civilian can receive from the government. It was the wow. United States of America Presidential Gold Volunteer Service Award hmm. for, from President Biden. I didn't even vote for him. But, but, <laughs> but, he, but he, they gave me an award. I didn't ask for that. That's, you know, there's some things that you didn't pray for, you didn't ask for, but something that yeah. everybody wants. And I would take my sons back in 1999, I would take my sons on tour with me and teach them ministry. Mm. Okay. And in, in, in 1999, President Bill Clinton invited me and 11 other guys to Washington, D.C. and gave us Father of the Year awards. Wow. Now, now here I am. <laughs> I've got two presidential awards. Sure. I didn't ask for. I didn't pray for. I just mm -hmm. did things that I saw needed to be done. Mm. You know? And, and uh, for someone who is questioning mm -hmm. what, about whether God will use you or not. Mm -hmm. God created you. And let me just say that to them. God created you and he didn't make any mistakes. Mm -hmm. And with every person on the planet, he put some kind of gift, talent, or skill, or ability. He deposit he deposited within you. Yes. Now, now we have, it's our responsibility to discover that gift Okay, prepare that gift and be ready for to use that gift mm -hmm. for when the door opens up for you to use it. See, and and don't worry. Stop looking at the so-called stars or the, mm -hmm. the famous people or the 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 you know the people that get all the attention. Say, be willing to touch the lives of those people that that nobody wants. When Jesus was coming through a town and this little blind man named Bartimaeus was yelling and going, hey, Jesus, son of David, and everybody told him to shut up. <laughs> yeah. Shut up, Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus just kept calling out. And Jesus said, stop, wait a minute, somebody calling me. Mm-hmm. And Jesus went mm. and attended to him and gave him his sight. Okay. Ask God to show yeah. you. Ask the Father yes. to show you. And look inside of yourself. Okay. So many times, so many times your gift is obvious. It's right in front of you. Mm. See? Some some of you who are, are have a gift of speaking and inspiring people, just like Pastor Victor here. 
<laughs> you know, you know, some of you might might be singers, you know, and and maybe you 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 may not never we may never be a star, as quote unquote. You may not have a of of the kind of ministry I have, but see, for eight years, eight years, I was singing in prisons. I was singing in senior citizens' homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was singing in schools. I was singing. Uh, uh, okay, have you ever seen some of these people out on the street uh, uh, in the center of the city, and they just preaching? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And people walk by and laugh at them and 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 make fun of them. Mm-hmm. I did that. Hmm. I did that. I took my little equipment and took it to the to 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 Union Square in San Francisco and I set it up and I sang right there in Union Square Park. I didn't get hmm. paid for it. I got some pastries. The the, the <laughs> one, one, of the, one of the ministers brought me some some pastries. Okay, but the bottom line was I did that. I didn't get paid for it. I would go to senior citizens' homes. I would go to senior citizens' homes, and 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 there was a nursing home in Santa Clara, California, that I would go to. Hmm. And this nursing home was for for nuns who had retired, and they spent all their lives giving their lives to to the service of God. And then when they got too old, they would come and and and. And it was just a place for them to to die. Hmm. And I would go there and I would just sing hymns or songs that just touch their hands and they would they would they would call me their brother's name or their cousins or their uncle's name. They didn't even know who I was. Hmm. But I would sing a song and they would start singing with me and they would grab my hand and squeeze my hand and they would smile and sing and it was just a blessing to them. See, that's what I did. Yeah. See, I didn't know God was going to use me the way he used me. Powerful. I had no idea. I didn't pray for it. I didn't ask for it. I just said, Father, Hmm. I just want want to be where you're doing something. Beautiful. Where he leads you, follow. Yes. Where he leads you, follow. And where God guides you, he will provide for you. Amen. Amen. I love that. I love this. I love this, Ron, because I can I can feel your heart. I think all of our Avail audience can sense your heart uh, mm-hmm. in this. And, and uh, it's so awesome to hear this. Um, we could probably go on for another another a whole nother episode. Maybe we'll do that again in the future. Um, as we're wrapping things up, I would love for people to know how they can connect with you and your ministry at maybe a website or social media. What's the best way for people to, to find out what you're uh, doing? There's, there's two ways to connect with me. I'm, I'm going to give you two words, two websites. One is Ron Canoli at AOL.com. Mm-hmm. And the, the probably the most important one is uh, uh, take this website, grace to worship. And that's uh the lady that helps me with my ministry, helps me with my scheduling mm-hmm. and things like that. And her name is Grace Knott, uh, K-N-O-D-T. And 
uh, you, or you can take her number, uh, 407-340-0404. That's good. I'm going to also let people know they can also visit your website, uh, roncanoli.org. Ronconoli.org. You. you can get more information as well and connect with Ron and reach out to him and his team. Uh, Ron, this has been an honor. It has been a blessing to be able to hear from you, hear your heart, share a little bit, remember some of the great things God has done and, and also uh, what's on your heart for this season. I love it. I want to mention real quick, the Avail mm-hmm. Journal to all of our Avail audience. The Avail Journal is a great resource for your leadership journey. Availjournal.com, free trial subscription. Soon, in the very near future, we're going to have some fresh from Dr. Ron Canoli in the Avail Journal. So we got to keep an eye out for that. Got to keep an eye out for that. Ron, on behalf of Dr. Sam Chand, Martine Van Tilborg, our whole Avail team, we just want to honor you with, and thank you for being a blessing to so many people. Well, hey, it's my honor, man. <laughs> this, again, this is something I didn't ask for or pray for. <laughs> you, right. are a, you are a thank blessing you. and an inspiration. Any any final thought or any final final word you want to share? Well, I just want to encourage people to understand and know that our Savior is a king. Yes. Uh, and try to remember that and try to get some knowledge and understanding about kingship and lordship because uh, Jesus said himself, he said, seek first the kingdom of his God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. So just remember that, okay? That's a good word. Thank you, Dr. Ron Canoli. Hey, Avail audience, thank you for connecting for another episode. My name is Virgil Sierra, lead pastor of Vertical Church, Iglesia Vertical, here in South Florida. We are one church, two languages. I'm your host for this weekly podcast where we talk leadership. Today specifically was worship leadership, and what an amazing time it's been with Ron Canoli. Make sure you come back next week when we have another amazing podcast with another amazing leader. Be blessed, everybody, and we'll catch you next time right here on The Avail Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Avail Podcast with our guest, Dr. Ron Canoli. You can find out more about Ron by going to his website, roncanoli.org. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com and make sure to claim your free trial subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. As always, I'm your Avail podcast host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail podcast.